LA Talk Radio thanks you for being a listener. Did you know you too can host your own radio show with us? Go to our site at latalkradio.com or email info at latalkradio.com right now and start your show today. Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm a licensed clinical social worker practicing as an intuitive psychotherapist. You can find me online at nolatherapy.com. It's the abbreviation for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy. And there you can schedule sessions. You can listen to archived episodes of this show available on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube, and there's a tab to subscribe as well. And if you like what you've been hearing in the last year and a half that I've been on the air, I would invite you to become my patron through my Patreon campaign, and there's a link there. Additionally, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Lisa Ta here and find out more about that campaign. I am live in studio today with the creator and founder of the Just Forking Around podcast. You can find this podcast at justforkingaround.net, and it's a weekly show done by Debbie Salzberg. She features restaurateurs, chefs, their staff, winemakers, farmers, brewers, basically everyone who work to bring us the sensual world of food and libations. Debbie holds a degree in hotel and restaurant management from UMass Amherst and has been in the restaurant industry for over 30 years. Welcome, Debbie Salzberg. All right. Hi, Lisa. Hey, how are you today? Oh, my God, this is so cool. We're, like, in the studio together, you know, just sipping on a little vino, of course. Of course. Yes, and I'm excited. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for taking time out to come in the studio. Of course. Today. And I'd like to start with a toast. Oh, that's so sweet. In honor of, right? In, what I, For the podcast, as um, you so sweetly uh, recognized how I start my I do. Shows. I've been listening to your shows, and I love that you start each episode with a toast to your guest pertaining to something you're drinking. Mm-hmm. So, well, and, I'm going to raise oh, my glass. I'm okay. going to go with um, with what we're drinking first. Let's do that. Okay. So my favorite, as everybody probably knows from my post, is Duckhorn. So this particular uh, bottle that we're sipping on is the Decoy Cab Sob and Remy Crane. Who, Remy Crane, our Remy girl. Crane, shout out. <laughs> Love her. She, she, she's all. She's um. She's a rep from Duckhorn, and she's amazing. So, anyways, the decoy is um in my glass. So I raise it to you. Absolutely. Cheers. And you want me to do a toast? Please. Okay. So I, my toast today is basically to all the people that play a pivotal part in the beautifully insane, sexy world of food and beverage. I will drink Cheers. to that. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Yum. Sip on that. Mm. Mm. So smooth. Of course, I took a big gulp. <laughs> I will be doing that as you were talking. So may I propose a toast to uh, the Migration Russian River Pinot Noir, also by Duckhorn, that we are drinking. Delicious. So before coming to the studio today, I was listening to Oprah and Deepak's meditation. They do the 20 or 21 day meditation. Yeah. And Deepak was talking about something that I just jotted down because I felt like it applied to us today in our lives and where we've come to both having podcasts now. I think you're on episode, is it 20? 20. Zero two zero, baby. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I think this might be around episode 74 or something. I had no idea I'd ever do this for a living part of my living. So my toast today is to us finding peace available in every moment and us enjoying the journey. I love it. Cheers. Cheers. Salud. Mm. 
delicious as well. So good. So delicious. So where would you like to start? Because this industry that you've been a part of for so many years is both emotional and scientifically based. And I'd love to just open with wherever you'd like to start being an interviewee to guest <laughs> instead of an interviewer. So where do I start? You mean like what's what's of, um, of the moment? So, you know, basically... I love the food and beverage industry, particularly the restaurant industry, and I spent many, many, many years in all parts of the industry, um, from back of the house to upper management. You started at 13 in Expo and Food Prep. Yeah, at Hot's Turkey Farm Restaurant up in Meredith, New Hampshire. Yes, that's when I began. Thank you for knowing that. And then I kind of just went through the whole back of the house pantry all the way to the front of the house and then up to management. Um, I've done a lot of other things along the way, but I've always kept one foot in the restaurant industry until about a year ago. Okay. And so, you know, I just, I love the, I love what food and beverage bring, how it brings people together. I love that. And there's, there's nothing more intimate and, and sexy and calming and therapeutic Mm -hmm. than sharing a meal or sharing wine or something there's something about it that just brings people together and i just love it and that's what i you know i i love about the podcast because now we get to tell people stories so and that's at the heart of your podcast as i've been listening is that you bring your guests in conversation between you and a restaurateur a chef a brewer and you bring us to your table with them and and kind of break things down. You always give a recommendation. You you let us know you know where to go for what. And so to me, your podcast just forking around is really about bringing people together. Yeah, and telling and I, the stories. I wonder, will you will you share? I know you conceptualized just forking around in 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Oh my god, it was it was way it was faster than that. Okay, <laughs> it tell was us like, about that story. So basically, I. I love, I listen to podcasts all the time. I always have, because I feel like if you have a moment that you um, can fill your mind with something that you choose, something positive, something inspiring, or a story, or instructions, or something, while you're walking the dog, while you're you know, um, driving, while you're mm-hmm. on the Stairmaster. I mean, I can stay, stay on the Stairmaster forever, like if I'm on a really good listening to a podcast. Yeah. So basically, I'm filling my mind with great things that I choose to, and people's um, and it's, it's the people from, you know, uh, the most popular podcast to just, you know, people that you might, like, find coming across just iTunes. So it's, yeah. it's, it's so cool because there's so much content out there. So in, I, th- I think it was, two, it was 2016, at the end of 2016, I was like, maybe I'll do a podcast. And so that's how I formed it okay. in my mind first. But it was pretty quick once I decided to do it. And then all of a sudden it was just like... You just boom, I went just, into action? Yes, Aries action. Aries, I was just thinking that. You're an Aries and we, I'm an Aries rising, Aries moon. We get yeah. shit done. We get you shit done. Us. Yeah. So I'm not surprised yeah. that you moved to action within like moments quick, probably. Yeah, quickly, very quickly. And so I just gobbled up all the information I possibly could, became groups, became um, part of uh, Facebook groups and found a mentor and then just went for it and then like let's see December January February March April like a few months later launched like went live wow. I know and so it's pretty cool I love it I do yeah I can tell you love it I do I love it so talking about the mentor piece that you just mentioned I know that that you have mentored a lot of people throughout your career you were the GM at Kachina Urbana Urbana yeah that was that was a that was a Excellent. How do I pronounce it, please? Uh, Cucina Urbana, Thank you. which is part of um, Urban Kitchen Group, which is Tracy Borkham, okay. who I, I love. She was definitely instrumental in my growth. <laughs> yeah. You, you did a great interview with Restaurant Unstoppable, talking about some of your past and, and just the mentoring aspects of being a GM. And I was curious when you were drawn, well, it sounds like you were drawn around 13 to the restaurant industry, and who has mentored you, motivated you, inspired you? I would say that from Tracy Borkham, for sure. Okay. She was definitely. And then I would say um, before that would be at Urban Solace Restaurant in San Diego okay. would be Chef Matt Gordon and Scott Watkins. He was a super mentor. Um, there was Tracy. And then there's been a lot of people along the way, like just the staff, just the people that have been in it you know, yeah. learning, I learn about myself and I learn how to lead based upon these people because I have to, 
I have to really dig deep inside, you know, like really deep to understand how to lead, how to motivate, mm-hmm. how to support all the staff, you know, yeah. and it's like every individual is different. Yes. So it's like not my way or the highway, you know, and you don't want to explode. You have to really think about it to motivate people well, and to keep them engaged. Yeah, I hear you. And I think that's unique about you, Debbie, as a, as a former GM. At my experience, we spoke briefly, I worked in fine dining for eight years, first with a very corporate restaurant chain in New Orleans called Copeland's. So it was like cookie cutter, corporate, every one you go into is the same. Right, and so there's standards. So you know exactly what you're supposed to do as um, a staff or as a manager. It's like a book, like you know exactly. Exactly, oh my gosh, the books. And so that was kind of my training ground and then I moved into fine dining with Vicki Bailey who owned Mike's on the Avenue, which now she sold and is still a restaurateur in the New Orleans area she was an amazing owner but not all gms have this mindset that i've heard you talk about in your interviews what made you so conscious of developing your staff in a way that wasn't a dictatorship like like i experienced seriously <laughs> i think cheers to that yeah. i think it just takes fucking time i'm just gonna say it <laughs> fuck man fucking mistakes it, it's intense uh, man it takes like it's personal development it's just like figuring out like okay i can't freak out on these people because the thing about the people about <laughs> thank god i'm sorry i'm laughing because all the times i've been freaked out on is okay so say more please. On, like freaked out like i just i remember i had one situation that was a real big learning and I did like I was a young manager, okay. and you know I had a moment. And instead of instead of doing it the right way, <laughs> you know I freaked, like kind of like went Boston. Like okay, I'm from, yeah. Boston, from I went, Boston. I went like you know you got my parking spot kind of way, you know like okay. that. And after that, I realized that that was not going to help anybody. And now all I have to do is apologize. Oh shit! But so meanwhile, the the point was going to be missed. What's the point? And then I started thinking about it, and I was like, you know. The point is everybody, and we're in hospitality, everybody wants to do, do good. They're, they want to welcome people. They want to do good. So maybe yeah. if, they're, if they're not or something happens, what is that? Is it a leap of logic? Like, did I forget to tell them something? Do they not understand what I'm saying? Or do they just not care? But I don't think it's they just don't care because they would not have probably been hired. <laughs> if they didn't care because you were doing the hiring and you were looking. Like, I know you asked potential hires what's the difference between service and hospitality so you were looking for a certain type yeah like heart like some my heart or like if you watch somebody walk into a restaurant like if they yield like it's something that's so um innate like can you teach hospitality so if somebody yields meaning like if somebody like a guest comes running by and 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 you don't think about it and you just cut them off then is that something that is innate in them, or are, do they have hosp- they aren't cut out for perhaps the position? Yes, there's so many different yeah. like variables, variables and so many measurements. Yeah, so this yeah. is like a very serious conversation right now. Right. <laughs> so you went from that to where you are now, and so you're just forking around podcasts. I know I'm going to jump around. I'm a Gemini. Wait, so. let me finish one yeah, other please. thing about that because I do find that the the thing about management management and restaurants is I think when you walk into a restaurant you can tell immediately you just feel it if what the vibe what the culture is of that restaurant and I think that um, fortunately I was in the environment of like Tracy Borkum and you know chef Matt Gordon and Scott Watkins and they they emanated that that was just how it was and so I I, I figured out you know through some trial and error but I, I it was in my DNA it started being in my blood of how to make that culture cultivate yeah and cultivate and the people you know like they're it's it's cool like some people are like gonna go on and be you know doctors or they're gonna go on and be lawyers or they're gonna go on and be like so spectacular and so being at the restaurant teaching some people some tools is just like like i get chills i love that that's that's the part that i love let's dwell here a little longer if okay because what you're what you're talking about reminds me of a couple things one is the show that you did with the restaurateur with the restaurant in Pasadena. Oh, Marie Petula, shout yes. out. I yes. love I love her, she's awesome. That was a great show. Yeah, she was amazing. And, and you were both talking about such an important person in a restaurant, which totally resonated with me, was the host, how mm. they're the first person you see, the last person you see. And I can't even think of how many times I've been to a fantastic restaurant 
impeccable service, delicious food, but the most shitty host or hostess ever. <laughs> and so, like, that's like you're the gatekeeper. That is the total gatekeeper. And I have this, like, I used to do this thing at a Cucina. I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to role play with you all. <laughs> and I'm going to give you an example of, like, what maybe you look like and you don't know what your facial expressions are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I would, like, you not, would not yeah. And it was, like, it was all for fun and stuff, and they received it quite well. Yeah. But some people, you sometimes you don't know what you look like. And I didn't want a video because that was, like, serious, you know. Right. But like that kind of thing, it was like it was fun. So we'd role play, yeah. you know, kind of, you know, play games, kind of thing, and yeah. and go from there. That's so important. <laughs> how you're educating them about themselves. And my uh, biggest lessons on how to be a person came from my time with Vicky Bailey at Mike's in the. Wait, Avenue. when you say how to be a person, what do you mean? Like how to be? How to be? How to interact with the public? Mm-hmm. How to manage and navigate different emotions, different personality types? Tune in to people's needs, and I learned so much about just living. You know, right. being a server and being a bartender, yeah. and kind of you know assessing a table with the energy is. Yeah, the vibe on it, and, and what they want, what they don't want, mm-hmm. and I think all these skills apply to life. And being out in the world, I didn't know at the time. I was in my 20s. And um, I just learned. And Vicky was just such a great developer in, in the way that you're talking that you did with your staff yeah. as well. Yeah. And so then, like, for me, I, it's like pa- pay it forward, pass the baton. You know, people, like, that I see from the past that were on, on the team that when I managed, you know, we still talk about, like, like growth factors and cool personal development things and like yeah. all that and then I constantly think of Tracy Borkham okay like will you constantly. tell us about who she is because I'm not I'm more so the she's the restaurant she's yeah. the owner of um, Urban Kitchen Group so she opened many many restaurants but she's been in the industry for a very long time but she's very um, Tracy I hope you're listening she, yes <laughs> she's very influ- influential I mean she's so awesome and she's so intense and she so cares that you want to make sure that you stay in alignment with her values and stuff you know like kind of thing so yes she you know she she made me learn to always look up like i said like i I love that (laughs) will you will you talk to our listeners about that because i think it's again a metaphor in life it's like it's like i have this thing like always look up because she'll be like there was something hanging and then she removed it and she's like it's been like freaking three days man since i like took that away you just notice it now you know that kind of thing yeah and i was like holy shit like I'm so focused, like, I need to broaden my my scope, like, always look up. So, like, I would start looking around, I would look up, I would look at all things, and I was like, wow, my perspective just, like, went macro. It did go macro. Way macro. And so, it was that one thing that was removed from the restaurant. Yeah. Like, that was hanging, and it took me three days to notice, and I was like... I have no, I, yeah, I wasn't looking up. So after that, I get crazy looking up all the time. <laughs> and for our listeners, if you haven't listened to Debbie's episode on just forking around, it's the restaurant unstoppable interview with Eric. I'm oh, Eric this. Cacciatore. And, and you spoke about this, that some of the things you learned, takeaways from being in the industry was just look up. And Debbie's talking about literally look the fuck up. <laughs> look up. And, and light bulbs that are burned out. Right. And, yeah. you know, and I think that's such a metaphor in just keeping our lives neat and in order. Look up, look down, look yeah, around. Yeah, look around. Like always, yeah, make sure that I you're. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, it's, it, it really is. So that's the things that, that I take away from like my time with Tracy, which was um, very memorable and um, definitely a, a point in my life that shifted to like, wow you know that that part where it's like oh shit like i'm not just a manager like i'm mm-hmm. you're cultivating more. souls yeah too. totally cultivating souls man yeah and i'm <laughs> saying that to you because just my experience you know looking back with vicky and the general manager was her friend faja von Binken, that's had a long career in restaurants mm-hmm. in cleveland san francisco new orleans nice. and and she was more of a fireball and i was terrified of her <laughs> and so she was a gm that got shit done right. and she was excellent i mean her pedigree her knowledge of food and wine uh, and she i felt less mentored by her and right. more kind of driven like from fear right. and but like, you got and, shit but you but you but you did those things like the salt yeah. pig, the, you know it's yes. like this goes to the right the like placement placement it always goes to the right always goes to the right and like that's that's important and then there's also the other aspects of it too is like is like the person wanting to make sure that it's set up right yeah and and that's important when you go to a place and you're expecting a certain level yeah but it's sexy when you look out in the restaurant and everything's kind of like that's what i love is the sexy part like right when the lights go down and service starts it's like it's like it's a a magical moment it's so magical i love that i love it 
Do you ever miss being in the industry in the, can you talk to us about that? I I do miss it a lot. Um, And it took me a little while to um, accept that that part, that chapter Mm. was something that is, it was time to move on. It was. It was my body. It just some something was like poking at me, yeah. poking at you, poking at you yeah. to move on. And I was like in resistance of it. So I was like trying to trying to force you know other positions. So when I left Cucina Urbana, I went to Italy. Oh, I didn't know this. Okay, yeah. So yeah. basically, I went to Italy because I wanted to learn a little bit more about wine and culture. Beautiful. So I lived on a farm, um, agriturismo, beautiful, like restored castle, medieval, up in Tuscany. Amazing. It was amazing. It was incredible. And um, learned a little Italian. And so my intention was to go there for a few months and then come back okay. and or just be stay there. I don't know. You know, you I didn't. Sure. I wasn't sure. Yeah. yeah. So that was why I left. And then once okay. I left um, that that mode of managing I it was you know it's hard to it's hard to get the rocket ship off the launch pad once you you know once you like move on because it's such an intense uh, position so what happened there then in Italy during your your stay what did you learn and what did you choose afterwards because I haven't heard this yet I tried to listen to everything I can about you I don't know this right a secret <laughs> it's a secret a secret so I went I to uh, me too <laughs> and I love revealing the secrets so I went I went to Monica Stelli which is a agriturismo, which means um, you can live there and work in exchange for room and board. Perfect. So I literally, you know, got up every morning, like, crack done, and, you know, took care of all the animals and, you know, watered everything. And there was, um, the, it was olive oil driven, and then we had a, it was biodynamic. Okay, so it was a biodynamic yeah. farm. And I, I lived there, and everybody only spoke Italian, so I had to learn oh. Italian. I became part of the farm family. Yeah. And when I say farm, it wasn't like a farm farm. I mean, place was like super high end. I mean, we would do like these, it was like a castle, you know, and we, we would do um, wow. uh, weddings, like huge weddings. People from all over would come and rent so out the events. whole. Events and cooking, and I just learned, you know, it was like, that was when it was like, we need, um, oh shit, we need some lavender. So it was like, go go harvest the lavender. Or we need like the chamomile, go for tea, go get That's the chamomile. Cool. Yeah, everything was so like sourced. right there. there. So sourced and it was so delicious. No wonder you love farms table and have your own garden in mm-hmm. Santa Monica. Yeah, it was really, that was instrumental. It seems like a really uh, foundational part of your life for where you are and who you are now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love, because now I volunteer at One Gun Ranch. It's a biodynamic. I'm really into the biodynamic Yes. Principles. Can you talk to our listeners about that? So biodynamic. Can Google it? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in episode 012, I say go to listen 012 with um, Alice Bamford. She owns One Gun Ranch. And she is, um, it's a great episode. And it explains it. She explains it so, so eloquently. So basically, biodynamic takes, it's a closed loop system. So basically, it's, Okay, so you plant, and everything goes by the moon, the cycles of the moon. Oh, wow, that's So, awesome. like, there's a leaf day, a root day. It depends on what the moon, what sign the moon is in. And the signs Very represent, cool. you know, different um, aspects, you know, like water, yeah. earth. So, basically... The elements. The elements. So, you, you plant, you plant and, and harvest and do all these things according to the moon. On top of that, it's basically, biodynamic means... It's a closed loop system, so everything you need is all is, hard, is like with rainfalls. You use the rain. To yeah, water everything's things. within. Everything's within, and you really deal with soil. It has to do with the soil, so that you don't use any pesticides because you don't need to because you're looking at the health of the plant before that happens, which is from the soil. The soil. So it all comes down to that. And the richness and that's yeah, like and there's different um, yeah, and there's different like preparations that you do. So like on the new moon and the full moon. We'll, we'll do certain preparations, it's called. and uh, That's a spiritual experience, too. Emotional, spiritual, physical. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. It is, it's, there's so much, a little bit more to it, but it's, it's yeah, it's, it's beyond... Scientific. Yeah, it is scientific. Rudolf Steiner, yep, it okay. is. In the 20s or the 40s, he started. So I'm super into that. That's why it's, it's weird with hydroponics and um, aquaponics, because there's no soil. Mm. So, like... That's that's a whole other topic, yeah. yeah. So basically, I love biodynamic, and that's when it started was with harvesting, you know, and planting. And so I plant and harvest based upon the cycles of the moon. Beautiful. Because if you think the ebb and flow, it's like how 
how close the moon is or how far it is away. It has to do with, say, the tides, right? High tide, yes. low tide. So with the, with the plants, it's like how, how much pull mm-hmm. on the plants is being affected by the moon. So, yeah, that's a whole... That's beautiful. That's so cool, yeah. Have you ever wanted to take everything you've learned and open your own restaurant? Good question. So, I, I mean, I went to hotel restaurant management school. I mean, I'm, I think if I was going to open a restaurant, I think I already would have. Yeah, okay. I think I already would have. It seems like that, just knowing you and, yeah. and reading about you and listening to interviews. I love that. You did some intel. Oh, I love that. I'm <laughs> curious. <laughs> I love that. So, I think I already would have. I think... I think for some reason that wasn't in my... That wasn't your path. Wasn't the path. Yeah, I don't know. I, You know, whatever I do, I super do, like over the top do, and I think that would have just been like... Something you, you did by now. Yeah, and I would have been like crazy into it and like... like do you do any consulting through, uh, your, through your podcast even and, and the people you know and connections and... I mean, stuff. people like ask me, ask me a lot. Um, so on a non... Um, non-professional or non on paper but yes sure. I do a lot of you know answering questions I guess that would be yeah because you, you're a great person to thank do you that with all your experience you're welcome thank you you're welcome so some, wait are we live is this thing on yeah no, it's just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> are you fucking are you forking with me I'm forking with you <laughs> I love when I heard you say I'm forking with you fork this fuck that fork I laughed this. out loud fuck it's it. adorable cheers cheers we need a sip cheers. oh I've been, I've been sipping while you've been talking mm-hmm. Mm. Guess you should pour a glass of something, even if it's water. Definitely. I was really looking forward to this show because I don't often get to revel and reminisce in my experience in the food and wine industry, which I think if I had another life that I would totally be, I don't know, a a purveyor, a winemaker. I think you're really into the wine. I mean, New Orleans has so much great food, too. I mean, that's like, it's like... It does. The the wine and the combination, the pairing, the pairing is my favorite and thing. The celebration. It, it's chemistry. Pairing a, a plate of food with a sip of wine or a bite of food with a sip yeah. of wine is one of my favorite things. And from the restaurant I worked at 25 years ago, Mike's in the Avenue, we have a dinner club, which if you and your partner come to New Orleans, yeah. we will have a party for you. Cool. It is a group of about eight of us. Wow. And for the last 25 years, we hosted each other's homes. Eric Christensen's a wine purveyor, so he brings a shit ton of bottles. Nice. We all do a dish, and we pair, and we have cigars. And yeah, it's so fun, right? Yeah, and there, there's so something fun. bonding about it. I mean, that's what I love so much about the restaurant industry or the food and beverage. I mean, anything to do, because when you share, like right now, we're like hanging out. Yeah, you know, sharing studio. some, yeah. yeah, and sharing some wine, and there's something special about that. There's something romantic about it, sexy, yeah, um, nostalgic, like thinking forward back to that, like the moments that you think of, like it's time travel, you know. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's total time travel. I have not thought of that. Debbie yeah. Salzberg, we're time traveling. <laughs> Lisa to here, ta here, <laughs> to here, double ta- Aries. That's right. So you speak about something that I really honed in on that I thought was super cool that that one of your favorite quotes is by Dr. Wayne Dyer change the way you look at things and the things you look at will change yeah can you talk some about that to our listeners so so my whole okay so basically it it basically reminds you that you are in control or it's all about how however how whatever situation you're in you have control of it. When you really grasp, like put your arms around it and really think about it, it's like it changed the way you look at things and the things you look at change. So it's like, it's like more than just being like, oh, I'm so positive and try to be positive. It's like really like, okay, wait, if I think about it this way, yeah, it sucks. Like things freaking suck. And sometimes they do and that's okay to like be in it for a minute. But then to like change the mode so you're not in victim mode. Because victim exactly. mode to me just like is a it's not hot it's not sexy doesn't do anybody any good it's kind of selfish actually because it's like me 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 and it's not in a good selfish it's not selfless and it feels terrible and it feels to the person and and those around that person yeah it sucks so it's like just get over it you know so instead of being like well well, let me see i I think you would based on everything i've read and heard about you that you would say more move through it Mm because you don't seem like a in a you know get over it no I don't say get over so it I would say move through it you are definitely a person about personal change and growth move through it move through it and I think transform that, it yeah transform it and I think those words sometimes are just like ping words like oh move through it you know transform transformation gratitude I, know, I love those words but 
but change the, the way you, meets the road change the way you look at things and the things you look at change and that is so i think empowering when did you embrace that as a personal philosophy did was there a turning point moment in your life I think it was when I think it was when I mean I can you can say that with like relationships too you know oh yeah <laughs> like like they're like I, training ground for everything like uh, if you're in a relationship and you know you have to just this has happened to me before so you know you have to end it and and you want to like feel so bad about it and 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 it becomes like totally like takes over your mindset right if you like kind of change it like wait a minute like this 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 relationship or the ending of it it's it's somehow going to assist maybe not now but later it's going to assist somebody because they were able to go through some type of pain or heartache and it's not how do i say this it's no you're doing great it's it's not yeah so it's basically not my responsibility to wallow with it so i'm changing the way i look at it so basically i've given them a gift i've given them a gift i've given them opportunity I've given them an opportunity to have felt something, to know what they want or know what they don't want or to just experience. Like I've given them that opportunity and I have too. And so now what am I going to do with it? So now I have the opportunity to change the way I look at it instead of just going into like the tank. It, it sounds to me like you are being really conscious of not only your own self and your own needs, but that other person and knowing that something isn't resonating, doesn't work, is really setting them free because you want them to have love too. So right. it's a really unselfish, though crazy hard and difficult thing to to say, you know, this isn't working for me or this has to transition or end. So it's really, I think, blessing the other person and, and yeah, in, in an actual just switching person. the song mindset. And the same Instead thing of leading with, them on or doing something bullshit. Yeah, something bullshitty, which doesn't help. And same with like, um, I know in the restaurants, like like letting people go, firing people is like oh, so gosh. hard. Oh, right? I can't Holy even crap, man, oh. that's hard. So in that sense, it's also like okay, if this person, if you've coached this person, if you really communicate with this person, and you have to let them go, like it's going to be better for they're free. There's better for them in the end, and in the right. end, it's almost like you've given them a favor because maybe they they don't want this position, they don't like what they're doing, they want to move on. And so, therefore, it's like yeah. you have to do it. And it's like, that must be end, hard. I, I totally forgot sucks. about that aspect of you having been in the positions as GM and such throughout your career. I've never, to, to date, had to fire professionally. So, sucks. wow. That sucks. It is yeah. like breaking up. It is. It is. It's it totally, is. it's because it's, yeah, and you have to keep the business. I think management management is difficult because you have to keep the the business mm-hmm. like in the forefront. That's one relationship, your primary relationship, yeah. correct? It's keeping it like yeah, keeping it right. And so I think that like letting somebody go actually if by the time you let somebody go in a restaurant, it shouldn't feel as terrible if you've taken the proper steps to have trained them, to have like allowed them to try to be successful. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it shouldn't it shouldn't be as hard but it still kind of sucks. I bet it does. It's like breaking up. Yeah. Yeah. And and so talking about the perspective of changing the way one looks at things and the things a person looks at change. And and I was reflective when I heard you speak about that in your interview. A Course in Miracles talks about being willing to see things differently. Right. And that's something that, that really resonates with me, being willing to see things from a different perspective. Yeah. And then your emotions change. Yeah. And, and to be um, willing. Yeah. You have to be open. To be open and willing. Yeah. And now I lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> uh oh, the decoy. Was the it the decoy or the microphone? The decoy cab is amazing. It's delicious. It's delicious. It's delicious. But I think the other thing about podcasts, this is one thing I'll go back yeah, to podcasts, is because. Help me out, help uh, the sister out. <laughs> because it's, it's somebody having a choice of what they want to fill their mind with. So they're choosing to listen to. So they're in, you're in, you are dictating as a podcast listener to what you want to fill your mind with. And you have the opportunity to end it, to fast forward it, to continue, or to subscribe. Right, right, right. So basically, yeah. it that's the first step into, I think, being willing. I don't know. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, like you're being willing to listen to perspectives. And somehow that resonates. Maybe oh, a parable, yeah. maybe, maybe something. You can take those experiences and pull them into your life. And so that's why I think podcasting is like changes the world. You're it's passionate so, about podcasting. It is. I think it's so incredible. I mean, I just think it can. I like what you're saying about it. Yeah. It's, it's, that you can try something on. 
Yeah, and if you stay yeah. with it, like it's your choice as a listener. Right. Like you could So the fast personal forward. empowerment piece is big to you, which resonates with me also. Yeah, it's the underlying tone of everything. Like I agree. But if I com- if you come at it as for me if I come at it like, oh, you know, um, five ways to be, you know, to overcome obstacles, it might not be as received. As yeah, received because I like stories. I can like relate to stories yes. like big time. Yeah. So it's like, oh shit, man! If that person, that's how they did it, and they can do it, and like, wow, you know. So it's inspirational. So why? And then I'd like to answer once you're done. Why did you start just forking around podcast? <laughs> so honestly, okay, this is it. This is the real reason why. Because I'm obsessed with Madame Viv. Okay. I am obsessed with her, Viv Coco. I'm obsessed with her yeah. story. And Can you tell us about so, that story? So basically, it's so con- it's so murky and, and cloudy now because, A, it was like, no, the 1800s. It was so long ago. And her story, she was like miraculous. I'm not, like okay. her Her How trajectory. So? I mean, her, she's young. Her husband dies. She, uh, um, and she decides to take over the, um, the Champagne House, which mm-hmm. is like unprecedented at that time for period. For a woman to do for that. For a woman to do that. And all the um, obstacles that she had to go through and what she did in her mindset during the, the war yeah. and trying to get the, um, <laughs> with the trading. I mean, you're like, it, the story is so intense. However, I mean, that's a whole. Have you a, done a show about this? No, but I want to get Tyler Mazio, if you're out there. Who Tyler, is that? She um, authored the, um, the only book about uh, Vuv. Madame Vuv? Madame okay. Vuv. So that's how it started. Oh, very cool. So basically, I was like, shit, man. Like, her story is getting changed. Her story by, is by the champagne, like the 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 groups, the, like the current move. It, it gets taken over. Yeah, the proprietors because they it, the stories get changed. It's super convoluted. It's you're not sure what's real. So I was like, and they become so mainstream. I didn't know Madame Vuv started as such a, a rebel and like she was she was amazing. Woman. Yeah, I mean, so so amazing. And there was some other a lot of other women along the way, in that time period that like are like miraculous who like only champagne houses and it was their female and they didn't know shit about awesome. anything and how she the innuendos and how she kind of like navigated through all that time i mean there was like crazy time with the war and her upbringing and i mean it's a great story so i've started thinking like shit if there was a, like a podcast about her with her yeah non-negotiable i mean that's it's, I feel like she's here with us in it's, the room. Do it's the feel, words. I feel like she's here. Yeah. Yeah. It's her words. So, so I started thinking, like, I want to tell stories of the people that are in the industry while they're alive. These people that are making making it happen, that are part of. Because... Oh, this is important. It's You're so important. You're facilitating their storytelling. Yeah. So that was basically how it started. That was like the, you know, chills. Um, that was how it, Yeah. So that's how it started. And so along the way... Um, I've kind of dived, dove into a lot of, you know, her. I was like so obsessed with her. I couldn't mm-hmm. find any information about her. Like, because A, that time period, a lot of things were destroyed okay. in that time, and it was also purposefully destroyed. Oh, shit. So I can get, I don't, yeah, it's like there's so much stuff. It's so girthy. Yeah. So, my, so you wanted to tell stories as if Madame was alive. Yes. You, you'd interview her. Oh yeah, and then once it's a podcast, it's her words, it's her story. Like, how can you how can you dilute it? It's how, archives. It's archives and stuff. So, oh, for me, beautiful. is like getting the stories out there in that's a way powerful. that are, are that are um, important, like so important. That's I mean, so Aries so, taking action to make a difference. Yeah, and it all started with Madame Vuv and Tyler Matzio, okay. who does a lot of. So she had to go and do so much research and get so much intel. So my whole thing was like, I'm going to get Tyler Matzio on the show. And yes, so, <laughs> and then she went. She just opened up a. Um, she just started a biodynamic winery up in uh, Canada, um, which is interesting. So she and it takes a few years to get uh, Demeter certified to be certified as a biodynamic winemaker, winemaker or anything. It takes a few years, and then it, it's only one certification. It's Demeter. How many in the world do you know? It sounds I, very know, rare. Kind of like master sommeliers. Yeah, and it's probably not as um, limited as master sommelier, but there's it takes it's expensive. It takes time, and yeah. you have to go. Wow, takes yeah. So that was a that's yeah. So hopefully, okay. The inspiration for your show is amazing. I'm so glad I asked. It just mm-hmm. came to me just now. Yeah, because so, nobody knows that. So you're you're fulfilling your purpose, I think, mm-hmm. in everything I've heard. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers. L'chaim. 
L'chaim. Do I say L'chaim back? L'chaim, yeah. To life. To life. Mm. Yeah. I started my podcast in a in a similar short time from conceptualization to of course you're double aries yeah totally and for me it was being a therapist for 19 years and loving hearing stories loving making meaning of people's stories for them and how that weaves into my life and patterns and and i felt like i just want to do more and I thought public speaking and I felt really scared and I thought I had friends here in LA with podcasts and I was like, well, I think I can do that. So for me, it was, I thought if I can get Marianne Williamson as my guest, oh, I yeah. will start a podcast. Love her. And that's kind of the, that was the defining thing because I kind of didn't want to do it. Right. And um, I sent her an email, Marianne at Marianne.com. And I wrote her, I was in New Orleans drinking wine. Right. It's midnight, so 10 p.m. here in LA. And I said, Marianne, it's Lisa Ty here. I've been seeing you at the Saban. I wrote the self-published booklet that you graciously received. And I hope you're well. And I wondered if I started a podcast, would you be my guest? And literally, within two hours, Marianne herself, not an assistant, wrote me back, Lisa Ty here. How Fuck are yeah. you? How's New Fuck Orleans? Yeah. I fucking love that. Fucking Marianne Williamson I love herself. That. I fucking love that. She's like, I'd love to be a guest if you start your podcast. I love so that. So I had no show. I have no studio. I don't even know the first thing. So I looked at UBN. I looked at LA Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. And I, I just decided to pick here. This feels like a family to me with the, the other podcasters. Yeah, that are super here. cool. Thank you. And so then it took another year to get Marianne to actually email me back yeah. and come and release her new book, Tears to Triumph, Damn. here on my show, Damn. July 2016. Damn. And before that, I, I'm grateful because I had a number of months to yeah, kind of get my feet wet. Yeah. How has it been for you, getting your feet wet and interviewing and, and taking this step? Yeah, that's the problem. Because well, What do you mean? You're amazing. <laughs> You're natural, <laughs> professional, well-knowledged. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, the, I mean, the, not the problem. But the challenge for me is that, like, as a, as perfect Aries, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do a podcast, and I figure out how to do it, and I kind of like get that going, and then all of a sudden I launch it. And I'm like, shit, like, does it sound okay? Of course, <laughs> like, you're, so, you're concerned. So yeah, you yeah. want it to be wonderful, right? Which and then it is. it's thanks. And then mm-hmm. the thing about podcasting for me is that what we do in podcasting is we. We do a podcast, and just because we launch it does not mean that that was um, recorded any time in that air- time period. So I might have done some podcasts a couple months ago, and then I'm, they've gotten queue, and then I launched them. So basically, okay. it you know, like my evolution of podcasting and ability or desire of what questions I want to ask are are. Um, <laughs> The timeline of the release and the episodes might not reflect when I recorded them. Oh, I see. But that's okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you're I'm learning. every week. You're I'm learning. consistent. Yeah. No, I'm learning. So when I, I listened to your first show ever, and then I listened to your most recent show, and, and you're just really well-spoken and well, you inform yourself as I do, which I think I is I do crazy, Me crazy too. research. I Google the guests. I get, this is what I get, like, yeah, though, when I this is so funny so I researched a shit Me out too. of everybody and then I feel so connected with them and so intimate with them because I know their story and then yeah. we have this moment on the air and then all of a sudden I have to go on to the next and I feel like oh. I'm cheating on them oh shit no like, way I'm like I'm sorry Sarah J. Halstead episode 008 I'm cheating on you <laughs> <laughs> okay that I don't even know what to say to that because I'm not <laughs> and then I'll go on to That's the next. That's working outrageous. Yeah, I know. I do. I get so in in, in ga- I get so intimate in their story that it's like I feel like I've had a relationship with them. Yeah. And then when I move on, I feel like I'm cheating on them. It's so weird. You're real intuitive about that. It's and so really weird. getting wrapped up in there. Yeah, I get into it. It's so funny. You know, and for me, I never finished with the purpose why I wanted to do podcasts is because my mantra is that all of our contributions matter. And so I wanted to leave an archived record as you do Mm. of other people's stories storytelling has come down for thousands of years as you know Mm -hmm. not always archived so i think it's important to to have documented the people i admire respect want to learn from and just i'm a curious gemini and i love asking questions and knowing people and loving people and so i guess i can move on more quickly to the next guest because I'm like so curious again and so right. excited. Like, oh my God, what are you going to tell right. me? I hang on. I'm like, oh my God. I'm Because I, I guess I'm like a romantic. I'm like, we had such a connection. Sorry, I'm going to move on to the next. <laughs> but you do it. You do it. <laughs> I know. But that was like one of the things that was like hard for me. I was like, oh, I kept telling Chrissy. I was like, I feel like I'm cheating on them. Like Brooke Rewa, like episode one. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like I've really like gone into that in Marie Patua and then I'm like, I don't forget about Great them. Shows, yeah. And then I have to move on and you know, I keep wanting to have my guests back. <laughs> Me too. I'm so like part two. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny because I get so into it. So what do you see happening with just forking net? Good question. So when, what I love about the podcast is it opens up dialogue and opportunity to kind of like these, these like tributaries. Like I, I don't even know what's coming. So. Like, for example, like I'm super into urban farming and, or, yeah. and urban, you know, that whole that whole arena and food sourcing. And it's kind of like starting to get really kind of important to me. And I'm starting to like bring be on some advisory boards um, based upon. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The, the podcast your knowledge and your podcast. Yeah. So okay. there's there, so the trajectory. So, I'm not sure. I, you know, like I like I like goals and I like to have a vision. Um, but. I think that if you get too, too stuck on a goal, then you don't see anything else and you're not open to other opportunities. And you're about being open to other ways of thought and yeah. viewing things. That's yeah. your whole motto and mm-hmm. mantra. Yeah, so. So may I make a request for you of your podcast that just came to me? Yes. So as I've always been a big foodie and wine person, as you can tell. Yeah. And so in my recent three years living in Los Angeles, I've been conscious of how uh, animals are treated and slaughtered and and so harvested harvested thank you thank you oh gosh i just said that okay yes so i'd love to know where is like you know animals that are loved and cared for before they're harvested for right. for meals and i wonder have you done a show about that i have not because okay. um and, and what are resources for restaurants here where there are animals that were loved before you right know, giving their lives for us right and so that's a whole i mean that's a whole there's a there's a whole movement on you know, um, plant-based diets and everything. And that's that's something that I've been like really um, looking at because there's a whole, there's a whole sourcing of going on with like organic um, certification and um, who's in control of the food and what, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's deep. So I feel like that it can get a little bit, um, not, I mean, political I'm, or, so basically, what I, I will do that. Yeah. But when I was on the farm, what yeah. we like, I I had, I was in, um, responsible for all the animals. Sure. And so, the the pigs, like we, yeah. I was in charge of the pigs. You know, I feed them. You know, I, every morning I'd do a head count nine oh. pigs, and there was only eight one day, and I was like, holy shit, was the ninth? What the fork happened? What the fork happened to the ninth yeah. freaking pig? And yeah. it was down giving birth. Oh my god! Down gosh. at the hill. So Are I had to, yeah. So I had to go like find the pig like help them like with the like make sure that they were being yeah it was incredible and so (laughs) so what i realized and then they gave birth and there was like nine little piggies running around oh and i was like i'm not going to name them don't name them (laughs) don't name them because they're going to be harvested Harvested. that's for charcuterie and porchetta and all that but the thing about it is that and this is a whole other thing is you can look at it both however you look at it is that their their lives like were bountiful and plentiful up until that point. I'm not saying I don't. I'm not saying I support it. No, no I hear I'm just you. saying that. It's, I mean, it, kind there's of like a lot our of lives. We live our lives and then we go to shit. We're right. in the grave. So at least these animals, you know, it's had like, a it's had like a, a gift thing, and the, the for, way that they're being. So I thank my food now. Yeah. I thank whatever meal I'm eating. Yeah. Thank you for living, for passing, yeah. for transitioning to give me nourishment. Like sometimes when I'm like growing my um like for example when I in my little <laughs> in my in my little um. Uh, garden I have to I call it I have to play God right now so I have to like basically thin I have to decide which you know which shard which rainbow shard is gonna make like go oh, on yeah, yeah which not and so like I have to like You're harvest them and even if they're teensy teensy so then I use them as like microgreens on salad or whatever but I have to decide at that point wow. and it's really interesting because it's a weird feeling yeah like I have to decide which one gets transplanted and which one goes on Doesn't. to the garden greens yes the salads so debbie salzberg we have two minutes left and I, I i am curious to know what's important for listeners to hear that they haven't yet first question okay second question is what is it that you want to be known for which i think you kind of answered and the madame Vuv, you know just telling i'm gonna find her find the real truth about madame Vuv. okay she's so here she's that totally here with us. oh yeah i'm gonna get tyler Mazio. yeah so basically, um, Just Forking Around podcast, uh, to support it, I love everybody that listens 
downloads, rates, reviews. We're also having this cool contest going on. Which is really uh, cool. Yeah, I because answered, I'm giving I away. Answered. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because all you have to do is go to the website, justforkingaround.net, yeah. click on the contest, put your name in, you can share it and get more entries. And basically, I'm giving away, it's an opportunity for Just Forking Around to give away um, a, a local restaurants all across the country, you know, opportunity and support local restaurants. So if, to enter, it's simple. You just click, put your yeah. name in, share, have yeah. more entries, August 30th. I'm going to be drawing a name and I'm psyched to keep doing it because it's like it's really it's important. Fun. It's super fun. So uh, go on and then I'm And then say. to what to be what to be what was my uh, as far as what you want to leave and I think you you spoke about it so well about archiving the, the stories. stories. The stories, man. Those stories are freaking important. They are. The stories are so important. I think what you're doing is important because it's mm-hmm. around food, wine and who brings us this food and this wine. I think in earlier times that wasn't focused upon or talked about so i think you're really doing a service thank you but yeah you're welcome by bringing the farmers and the Mm. brewers and the winemakers and the the people that are farming growing the plants and animals yeah the intel and the stories it's real it's not like just a cut and paste have you considered doing a show or have you maybe even live at a restaurant that you love with Mm -hmm. talking about like because i'd love to do that with you somehow absolutely i would love to do that like you're, you're speaking to. my language. Yeah. You have more knowledge than I do. I'm just, you know, I left the restaurant business to become a therapist. Yeah, but this is therapy. Food is therapy. Oh my gosh, food, wine, because th- you bring people together. Your podcast yeah. brings people together. So my sense is that's what you want to leave the world mm-hmm. is bring people together at your table through your show. Yeah, I just want their stories to be told, and it's cool because it's all across the world. Like yeah. when I look at the demographics, it's yeah. not just United States, Canada. No, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's like Japan and Indonesia, you know, France, India. And, yeah, it's crazy. It's yes. So cool. Thank you for being my de- guest, <laughs> <laughs> Debbie Salzberg. Just forking How can people reach you? So just forking around um, There's a contact page or D Salty. Zero zero at gmail.com. Cheers. Cheers, baby. Love you. Love you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir.